1: Welcome back to the selfie show. It's your girl Tori. And Sam, and it's selfie time. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Get it.
2: Do you know what I'm absolutely obsessed with lately? What? Your nails. Okay, thank
1: <laughs> you. Cause I am too.
2: Oh my god. I'm I'm so
1: jealous. Am of I this not? Situation. Just like a total, like absolute queen. These yes, days? absolutely. Like, They're I so cute. Look so classy like you get to be
2: like a normal person and actually do like some fun nails
1: I honestly always judged people with like a little little tip on them yeah. because I couldn't have them but I realized it was probably just out of jealousy because like, it is better
2: you can like scratch my back oh my god no know, I feel like
1: that is the best thing is being able, like my dogs are living for it like I like scratch behind their ears and Rambo and like, Moses yes so I will scratch Rambo's ears and if I stop he will jab me and then I have to scratch his ears again. And if I stop, he will like poke me with his paw. He like loves it.
2: It's so funny because all the ASMR queens also have nails and I'm a I know,
1: but I do like, honestly, like I love, I sit there all the time and I tap, 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 Mm -hmm. tap because it just makes me Mm -hmm. feel good. But I'm, obsessed with nail art on Instagram now. I know what? Uh, so like my good. whole my whole explore page <laughs> is nail designs and I'm favoriting them so I can do my next thing I'm all about it I used to be a solid color like obviously short nails for being a nurse and then solid colors yeah and now I'm all about like the design and I'm living for it and I yeah I can't wait I'm getting my nails done next week for winter so Mm. I'm like mm, new, new design coming in hot
2: it's so funny because my favorite thing to do about every I'd say like three weeks is do my pedicure and my pedicure is always I call them skittle nails and it's so funny because now my nail ladies know when I go in so I do every toe is a different color. Did or they just th-
1: grab the colors? I
2: So I grab the colors because okay. I'm very like specific on you know if it's like a neon kind of theme I'll do a pink a yellow a green a blue you know but it's so funny because people are always like I never think to do that but it's genius I'm like yeah get your skittle nails on please.
1: I like that for my fingers I don't know my toes are always still like right now I have this design that's kind of like green white black and like silver but Mm -hmm, my toes mm -hmm. are just charcoal gray Mm -hmm. I will after I won't do white toenails in the winter because I think that's weird (laughs) I'm like a seasonal like I need dark moody in the fall winter and then I do all the bright stuff in spring and summer but once it's like March mm. white nails until September. See
2: and I'm like in terms of my pedicure I'm like I want to make it as fun and bright and crazy as I possibly can. I like to
1: do that with my nails but I want to be that toxic white toenail bitch. <sighs> I love that's that That's gonna you. <laughs> like ruin your life. That is me.
2: Okay so I told you to watch this this week and because it was a wreck that I'm absolutely obsessed with. Stuts with Jonah Hill and I just I wanna know what did what did you think? Cause I'm obsessed.
1: I actually when you recommended it, you texted me the screenshot and you were like, watch this, I think you'll like it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I don't really like to watch TV, but I watched it ten out of ten. Yeah. Uh, one, I love a good documentary, but it was so good because I feel like it was very relevant to the mental health stuff we were talking about. And I feel like I relate to Jonah Hill being like the fat funny person forever mm. and then to not be fat, but you're still funny. Like I'm so funny, you guys, but like, no, it's, so um, cute. I don't know. That's- I was like, but it wasn't about him. It was right. about his psychiatrist, but his psychiatrist was like, you want me to be able to show people how I operate, but that's going to require you to go to a place that you didn't think you were going to go to. Cause you thought this wasn't about you. Yeah, It kind of has to be about you in order to highlight what you want to highlight about me. So it was kind of, i I really really cool it was was very well done really well done super raw super honest i Definitely recommend it. Yeah,
2: also. same. I also just I really loved his therapist. He's just such a cute old he's man. So sweet. I just want right? to snuggle him. And then his little tactics. I don't want to completely give away. Definitely, you guys got to watch it. But his drawings and just like how he explains how to process things and you know processing whatever it is, trauma or things you've gone through. I'm like, and he's just he's just such a cute like little warm old man. And you just adore him.
1: He's so it, cute. It's literally free therapy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's literally a free therapy session. And like so, <laughs> like I felt like I should have like sent them money like after like <laughs> thank you can I Venmo you yeah. <laughs> what's your cash app uh, we love
2: that um but yeah definitely highly recommend that for you guys um so we are we have a very good unpopular opinion this I week.
1: love when Tori has one this yes. came from Tori and I yes. was like ooh. it's preach it girl okay unpopular
2: opinion we do not need a lecture from social media influencers on habits or things like i am getting so over this this last week there was like two or three of them where these influencers were like basically saying like just because there's all these black Friday sales doesn't mean you have to spend all this money and you know giving us a lecture on things (laughs) and I'm like bitch Courtney I don't need this lecture from you right now like just do what you're good at like promote stuff but like please don't give me a lecture at the same time while you're doing it
1: also you make your money off of other people like the the hypocrisy of it you you make your whole like living as an influencer off of promoting things Yeah, and then now you want to like talk about let's not be materialistic or like given to consumerism if I want to be irresponsible with my money that's my let me be irresponsible (laughs) with that credit card i can
2: and i will thank you like sometimes shopping retail therapy is like actually much needed thank you very much like i i don't know just the whole lecture thing like promotion great love it like you want to tell us about x y great but the lectures are getting a little yeah i think
1: that's where it's like stay in your lane influencers like give me advice great if you want to I recommend this I promote this product I stand for this this is what I'm all about but I don't need you to tell me what to not do or to lecture me on something I didn't do or what I should be doing like stay in your lane stay in your lane thank you as we're like talking about this upstairs Tori's husband Jacob's like don't you guys do that? And I said, listen, Jacob, we are self-aware queens. Self-aware queens. I'm Thank you. I always say I'm a self-aware hypocrite yeah. like when I start things off and it's like, but I don't think we get preachy about like, well, here's don't a- do this or right. whatever. We're always like a do you boo. Here's the things we love and then do you boo. But yeah. it's like, if I don't, I'm not going to like tell you I just also like what just there's like an element um, when Bossiness.
2: yes or like I know better or you know just because this is like my idea so it's the best idea or just these lecture things that are coming or out holier from a lot than of these- now like you're not yes. better because
1: you like you're not going to do gifts this year you're going to do like G- cool well, well, I am and I hope everyone <laughs> buys me a gift yeah. thank, <laughs> thank you. you thank you
2: <laughs> we're not here for it yeah. so <laughs> thank you just stay in your lane we oh, love you guys, man. but... <laughs> All oh. right, we're getting into it with the guest of this week.
1: Yeah, okay. Love her. I literally obsessed with her TikToks found her and was like I need her on I Mm -hmm. want to talk to her so this is Liz Tenuto she is a somatic specialist a narcissistic abuse survivor and someone who knows firsthand that your chronic pain your complex anxiety and your past trauma are all related she's CEO and creator of the workout Witch. it's a program designed to help individuals heal their bodies from pain and stored trauma she's helped tens of thousands of women recover from trauma and injury for the last 14 years she healed herself from the chronic pain that Kept her in bed most mornings. And after her psychology degree, she became certified in somatic techniques, which we get all into today
2: yeah and Sam and I both are so excited to start this program you guys were actually doing this one so she's also a former award-winning director and choreographer um, and she's been featured on national tv uh, in commercials such as the Pepsi Super Bowl commercial Clairol she's been in music videos and she's also done theater production around the country Liz offers a 30-day course and is best known for her work with hips and trauma relief. Today we get into all things trauma, how it's stored in the body and its effects physiologically, targeting the root and what areas of your body can release trauma, things that you should not do when you're healing from trauma, somatics 101, and some really tangible tips to help you start your own healing. Without further ado, let's get into it with the workout witch, Miss Liz. Okay, so we have The Workout Witch with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Liz, for coming on.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: We're excited. We got to kick this off and know what your unpopular opinion is.
0: Ooh, my unpopular opinion is that yoga is not good for trauma healing.
1: Ooh. Ooh. and (laughs) We got a deep dive into this because I (laughs) feel like that gets the rap for like connect mind, body like meditation. That's what we've been hearing forever. Absolutely. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And let me actually adjust to that. Yoga isn't the best for trauma healing. So, but it is a very unpopular opinion and the yoga community gets upset when I say that. Are they coming mm-hmm. for you now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I did yoga for 10 years. I, I don't have any issue with yoga at all. I just think that so somatics are specifically designed for trauma healing and for pain healing. So it's a methodology that is designed exactly for those purposes, whereas yoga is not. And that's why I suggest people do somatics to heal from pain, to heal from trauma. And then after you do somatics and you're out of pain, do all the yoga you want.
1: So you are a somatic specialist, but what does that even mean in terms of being a specialist? And then when you're saying I like tell people to do somatics, like what does that word even mean?
0: Yeah, so there are several different somatic modalities. There's EFT tapping, which is where you take your fingers and you're tapping on your face in different areas. There's EMDR, which is like bilateral stimulation where you're using your eyes and that reprograms the subconscious. Tapping also reprograms your subconscious. And then there's A lot of the somatic movement modalities, so there's Feldenkrais, Alexander technique, body mind centering, that all really help create new neural pathways and between your brain and your body so that you're able to move in a way that's pain free. You're creating a new relationship to your body as well as you're doing the exercises. So what I teach is very much based in somatic movement. And I combine a couple of different methodologies that I'm certified in um, to focus on trauma release. And it's really gentle movement exercises that you can do in bed um, that Regulate your nervous system, release stored trauma, get you out of pain. And then they heal the root cause of your pain too. So that way the pain's not continuing to come back over and over again.
2: I'm really curious about this because what's so interesting about you is how you got into this work. And you speak a lot to being the child of a narcissistic parent. And I'm curious, what was that like for you? What was that like growing up for you?
0: Growing up, you know, I didn't know the difference. And I think that was something that was so challenging for me, because in my gut, I always felt like something is was wrong. Um, But there was no visual, like it wasn't, it was emotional abuse, right? And so it's, and and psychological abuse. So there's no visible bruising. There's no, um, you know, kids who grow up um, with a narcissistic parent and kids who grew up with an alcoholic parent have very similar issues from that. The difference though, is if I had known like, okay, this person is an alcoholic and you have that external thing, you can be like, okay, it's because of the alcoholism. With narcissism, specifically when I grew up in the eighties and nineties, like there was no talk about narcissism. As a child, I had no idea. So it took me a really long time to figure out that that's even what I had experienced. And I just had this gut feeling that I wasn't being treated well. But because of the way the cycle of emotional abuse works, is that there's like that love bombing. And then there's like that protection in the defense of love and then they like cut you down and then they don't then it's stonewalling they don't talk to you anymore and then it goes back to love bombing so it's like this cycle and you're very destabilized because you never know which part of the cycle you're going to get and growing up in that is very confusing it's very invalidating and it makes you you know not trust yourself And so it's been a, it's been a major on deprogramming for me.
1: So how did you kind of even begin to start that deprogramming?
0: I think like the first thing that I knew was that I had health conditions. I had physical pain. So Going into college, I was like, I'm really interested in psychology. Let me try to figure out what was going on. (laughs) So I I studied psychology academically, but it didn't really give me that much information. And I had a lot of physical pain in my 20s and the traditional route of doctors, even like alternative yoga, acupuncture, meditation, nothing was really working for me Um, and no one could really help me. And it it began to feel really discouraging. And so that's when I started somatics. Somatics really helped me heal my body and heal from that physical pain. But it wasn't until I did, I started doing talk therapy. And then my therapist had me read this book called The Narcissistic Family. And they just suggested that book to me. They were like, I want you to read this book. And I was like, okay. And I read it and it felt like I was reading my past my past like like it was so validating and you know i was totally floored and and shocked um and it all made sense so once i once i figured out the reason for everything it just everything made sense to me
2: what was it like growing up in your childhood and and on that note too is there anything you would have changed like if you could go back would you change any of that
0: i mean i wish I wish that the parent that wasn't narcissistic had the strength to leave. And my parents are still together. And so that's really painful for me to watch the abuse continue. Um, And that my mom didn't have the strength to leave with me and my brother just you know it, was, it just became like this per- you know my dad is just really angry all the time and up and down all the time and we all just hold space for that and she won't leave you know and and I don't even think has considered it so
2: it's so hard i would imagine being the child of that and like having enough self-awareness to know you know fast forwarding that It's like you carry as much as even your mom did, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: a thousand percent. And then there's the desire to rescue your mom, you know, from or to be your mom. Like a lot for me when I was a kid, I was like, well, maybe my job in the family is to make my mom happy, which is just such an immense undertaking as a child.
2: Yeah. When you say narcissistic like narcissistic can you give a picture of like what that looks like what did it when you started seeing this and like now you know we have full self awareness but how did that present for you guys in the family
0: The most challenging thing about a narcissistic person is that they're a diff, it, they're they have a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on so they're a different person to certain people within the family unit than they are publicly Publicly, it presents as they're very charismatic. They can even be very, very successful um, in business or in work. They can have a lot of power in companies. Um, and you know they're often very very charming, very smooth, but then behind closed and they present really well. They're often very grandiose. They like care about how they look a lot. Generally, this is how it manifested for me. And then behind closed doors, they're a totally different person where they're emotionally um, unright, like deregulated. Uh, lots of anger issues, inability to take criticism, lack of empathy. If you as the child have any problems, they just look at that as a weakness and they don't want to deal with any of your problems. They, they kind of like punish you for having problems and for having any sort of negative feelings. They'll kind of punish you for having those.
2: What's something that you wish everyone knew about trauma? That
0: trauma affects your body just as much as it affects your mental health. And that a lot of the reason, if you've been in pain for a really long time, like like years or decades, and you can't figure out why and it won't go away despite you trying a bunch of stuff, like it, the root cause is normally emotional trauma.
1: What are some of the other symptoms of childhood trauma that you would see manifesting in adulthood? I would say
0: like a lack of trust in yourself, is very huge for people who have childhood trauma because it's just so disorienting when you're growing up in that environment. Your brain actually develops differently when you're in a traumatic environment. Kids often learn, and this manifests with adults, like they suppress their emotions. They learn that their emotions don't matter. And so as an adult, you learn my emotions don't matter. What I say doesn't matter. There is a definite sense of worthlessness. Um, that manifests when you're an adult and then you'll have these unexplained issues like why can't I sleep why do I have IBS like these things just keep coming up in your body and they get worse and worse and worse when the the trauma goes untreated and so much childhood trauma goes untreated because at least in my experience like my family didn't want to put me in therapy
2: it was taboo back then yeah like we we all grew up in that time and it's like mm-hmm. we don't talk about it or we don't you don't need that you're fine
0: yeah absolutely
2: when you were growing up what I think is so fascinating about you is you have this amazing extent of history in dance as well mm-hmm. um take us back to that like when did that start and a little bit about your dance background because I think it's so uh, like I've seen some of your pictures and just it's amazing. Like, where did it all start? And let's get a little bit into your movement, like, history.
0: I did, like, ballet as a baby. And, you know, as, as a lot of young girls do. And I remember walking by a studio and I saw these women with, like, that were barefoot and they were all, like, rolling on the floor. And I immediately was like, I want to do that. And I had to actually, like, beg my family to try those types of movement because they thought that it was weird. Another thing about being from a narcissistic family is if you have any interests that are different from your family or different from what your family thinks you should have, they they kind of discourage you from being your own person. So I I had to beg to get into dance, I finally did and was successful. And it just for me, it was such an amazing release, because I had all of these emotions. Even as a young person, I was about eight at the time that I got into multiple forms of dance. And I had all of this emotion that I had no idea how to let out. But dance for me was this really clear pathway to expressing my emotions and to feeling my emotions. So I credit dance for a lot of my ability to be emotionally regulated as a kid because I was actually processing the emotions just in a, not in a super literal way, in a much more kind of structured way. And my so my first job ever professionally dancing was uh, a backup dancer for Beyonce. Okay, go girl. So this was early Beyonce days. She so I was seventeen at the time. She was coming to San Diego for the Super Bowl. She had just gone off on her own out of Destiny's Child, and she was backing Carlos Santana. And she needed like. Two hundred backup dancers, um, and I was I was one of those dancers. And because I had that experience, um, and I was also like loved dance, and you know was very focused on it, I was able to build a pretty awesome career in in commercial dance. So I like choreographed a Pepsi Super Bowl commercial. I used to choreograph like those Clairol hair commercials where they're like <laughs>
1: flipping their hair. Yes. <laughs>
2: And it was, love re-
0: it. it was really fun. It wasn't the most stable part of my life, but I love dance and I'll always love dance and it just feels good and it's such a good release in itself.
2: I feel like what's so interesting about this is to me, the dance world and that category specifically, it feels a lot like the modeling industry, right? Is there any, like, when you were going through that and when you were, you know, making it potentially a part of your professional life? What was that like?
0: It definitely was very hard on my confidence when I was young because your body is being picked apart. So like 13 was the first time that it was proposed to me to go on a diet. I was only 13 and I'm not big. Like I'm, I'm not the perfect dancer body though. So, um, you know, my ballet teacher was trying to get me to go on a diet and it was really challenging. I had disordered eating in my teens and in the, for the a large part of my twenties, and so I hated going to auditions because you would have to get like super ready, get in these tiny clothes. You're putting in so much work and so much effort, and you know it can be re- a really invalidating experience sometimes. And so quickly, I kind of learned, you know, like I don't want to be on this side of the audition. I would much prefer to be sitting at the table, (laughs) like choosing who gets to be in this. And I had choreography experience from high school. I had choreographed a bunch in high school. So I just started choreographing and I got grants initially and then ended up getting an agent and, and getting into that whole commercial scene. But I didn't really last very long in the, the dancer world, because I felt like it was really hard on my mental health.
1: It sounds like when you were younger, you had that kind of somatic even connection to your body without really knowing what you know now. You just know that you love dancing and it was a good release for you. What point in your like adult life did you kind of put that connection together and kind of even get into the whole somatic specialist area
0: I mean the first time I tried somatics because I I thought I was like how is rolling on the floor and rocking on the floor going to heal me like what is this going to do and so I was pretty skeptical at first but after the first lesson I was I was floored I was like this is absolutely incredible. I had this natural high. My my anxiety was lowered. My pain was already lowered just after the first day. And I had never experienced pleasure in my body like that, you know, dance is incredibly painful. And so I was like, Oh, I didn't even know my body could feel this good. I didn't know I could feel this good. And so once I got a taste of the pleasure body and getting out of the pain body, I was hooked on somatics.
2: What are some signs and symptoms, if you will, of PTSD in the body and pain? What are some things that you know maybe we're pushing off and you know we don't realize? Like, what are those to us?
0: Like, unexplained chest pains. If you have twitching, whether it's eye twitching or some sort of like twitching in your leg or something like that, um, if you have panic attacks, vertigo, if you have gut issues it's a pretty clear indicator of c p t s d inability to sleep well the frequent headaches or frequent migraines by by like more than 3 times per week is frequent long term pain in your body that won't go away despite trying if you can't if you end up gaining a bunch of weight and then you can't lose it with exercise. Um, It's normally an indication that you have some inflammation and some hormonal imbalance from trauma going on. And that can be clear signs of PTSD as
1: well. How is trauma stored in the body?
0: It's stored in the body largely through your automatic response to a traumatic event. So essentially what happens when you experience a traumatic event is that you have this automatic physiological response that changes your body's chemistry the response itself when you have that moment in the trauma your muscles get really really tight your jaw will lock down your psoas muscle contracts and this is all just things that we have essentially inherited evolutionarily to literally try to get us out of the way of a predator this was highly effective thousands of years ago, but now in modern society, this physiological survival response is actually not that helpful because our trauma is different. It's not a predator in, in the same way that it used to be like war. So the the physiological response is very activating at first for people. And it's it's designed to get you out of the situation. When you start to experience trauma all the time, let's say childhood trauma, or you're in a toxic relationship, that physiological stress response becomes your normal. So you start to live with like chronic muscle tension. You start to notice your, that you have a difficult time breathing. You start to notice that you're, po- you're curled up into a ball, like you're constantly protecting yourself with your posture. And the, the stress response becomes your normal. And that for people is when the pains and the health conditions. Begin to start.
1: Well, I found you on TikTok because it was a video of you showing like these gentle movements or exercises that look like really easy to do at home and about relieving like trauma from your body. And I was like, this is so interesting. So then I like, started following and I was like watching all of your videos and I was like so fascinated because I had never seen that talked about before like yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. What I it's it's crazy too because it's interesting
2: that you're saying this um, as like a healing modality or something that our bodies have been doing for centuries, where we're physically holding it in, and it used to be so useful, and now it's like the idea with somatic movement of getting that movement out and like starting to energetically move that out of your body. Can you take us through movement as a healing process, like? What how does that work? And, you know, kind of a little bit more about the somatic movement,
0: movement releases different hormones into your body than stress. So you when you're in the, the trauma or in the trauma response, you're running on a lot of adrenaline and on a lot of cortisol. Movement, however, releases the feel good hormones. So it releases endorphins, dopamine, serotonin. And that's why movement for people, whether you're swimming, whether you're doing somatic exercises, can feel so nourishing and healing for people coming out of trauma. If you are doing movement after trauma, I just suggest doing low impact movement, low impact exercise, because the last thing you want to do is keep pushing your body or pounding your body on cement or like you know, like uh, flipping tires and stuff is a little bit too intense. It's a, it's too intense of a place to start. But once mm-hmm. you get out of that muscle tension, out of that pain similar to yoga, then do flip all the tires after that.
1: Definitely recommend everyone follow you to like actually watch your videos. Cause like I said, they're amazing. I know it's kind of hard to describe through audio. Um, but can you go through some of like the movements that you even cover on your different social medias or that you teach in your practice?
0: Absolutely. The movement that I love to start with, with people is called rocking. Rocking. Just hip rocking. You lay on your bed on your stomach with your legs long. You have your hands stacked on top of each other and your forehead is rested on top of your hands. And then you just allow your hips to rock side to side, right to left, like you're sloshing water side to side. And you do it in the laziest, least ambitious way possible, like you're on day four of a vacation. Just keep doing it for about a minute and Afterwards, you'll notice that you'll feel immediate relief in your lower back pain, in your hip pain, and then you'll also feel a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more peaceful because that rocking movement actually naturally activates your parasympathetic nervous system which is like the state of peace and ease so the the bilateral stimulation of the rocking and the even movement of the rocking is what stimulates that and that's my favorite movement to start with with people because no matter how much pain you're in or what your mobility is or how much trauma you've experienced you know, 90% of 99% of people can do that movement. Um, If you can lay in bed, you can do that movement. And it's very relieving. The other movements that I teach, almost all of them are laying down on your back on your side or on your stomach. And there are a lot of even rhythm, repetitive movements that activate the parasympathetic nervous system. There's a lot of um, opening of your knees and closing of your knees like in a butterfly. And these are hip opening exercises. And there's also a lot of taking your knees so that they're rotating across your midline. So you have internal rotation of your hip. And a lot of people just like never even move their hip in that way and during their day, and that can yeah. relieve a lot of tension for people. And the visuals, I post a lot of sample exercises both on my TikTok and on my Instagram. If you want to get a visual or try any of the moves, yeah,
2: yeah. Like Sam said, I'm like, you, everyone has to go mm-hmm. check out your account because it is—it's so interesting. You know, just to kind of tap into this side of healing and the healing process, it's something that I don't think we talk nearly enough about, especially in Western medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, What are when you started kind of dabbling in this and when you started making this like an intentional career? How did you start researching it and how did you deep dive into somatics?
0: Initially, I was really focused on injury rehab for women. So it would be people would have a knee issue and I would help them rehab their knee. And as I started to talk with my clients in one-on-one lessons, I started to notice like, huh, this injury came after this event or like, "Mm," you know, like it would always be connected to trauma or connected to something emotional. And this would just come out organically as we were working together, that they would share something with me. And I started to notice this pattern. And then I started to do a lot of academic research into it and was just floored by all of the research that we have already done. And the research only began in like the mid 90s on stored trauma. So I actually have a bunch of the research posted on my website on my blog. That's really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially how I got in uh, how I got super into it and I started just noticing this correlation doing research thinking about myself my own experience and created some of the courses from there
1: are there any kind of like myths you want to bust about your field oh that it's yeah that that it's
0: woo woo that somatics are (laughs) (laughs) it's actually like backed by science and there's academic research behind it. It's very grounded in the science of the nervous system. There's nothing woo-woo about it. How come you
1: think it's not more mainstream or utilized or like how come primary physicians aren't referring people to specialists for this or insurance coverage? Like I feel like there's so much in health and like other illness that can be prevented because if you let's say you have chronic back pain, so that causes you to be less physically active. So that causes you to gain weight and then you're pre-diabetic and now you're diabetic. It's all a trickle, trickle, trickle effect, but we don't ever put the resources into the easy things like this that not to say that it's easy, but you know what I mean? Like the early therapies that can really just increase your overall wellness and health. It's like disappointing that this isn't bigger. Or known about as much.
0: I completely agree with you. And my main want is for physicians to start asking people if they have emotional trauma when they, when, you know, when someone comes in, they have pain, maybe they do an MRI, they can't find any like structural reason for the pain. My main wish is for a physician Mm -hmm. to ask the patient, hey, have you been through any emotional trauma ever? If so, to refer them to somatic specialist, um, that's my main wish because you're exactly right. If you don't treat it, it just your health gets worse and worse. I I kind of think that big pharma has a lot to do with the reason why somatics isn't mm-hmm. recognized um, or even doctors don't refer people to somatics because if you start healing the root cause of people's pain, then they no longer need painkillers all the time. They no longer Mm -hmm. need to live on these painkillers. And so I think that there's some sort of issue with big pharma. Our
1: our healthcare disappoints us again. (laughs) Yeah,
0: because essentially the painkiller is not, it's just going to suppress your ability to feel the pain,
1: but it's not going to help your
0: health long term.
1: It's not fixing anything. Exactly. If you keep
0: working on the pain, you're just going to make stuff worse, even though you can't feel it as much. It's just, you know, going to get worse and spread to other areas of your body. So I, I hope that physicians start to refer people to somatics more often physical Mm -hmm. therapists are starting to and therapists are also starting to
2: that's exciting I love to hear that and I hope you know I mean it's funny because it's I think there's starting to be a movement and we have a lot of tiktok to thank for that and social media and you know even for us learning about this from you can you tell us a little bit about your journey into social media and tiktok because that's obviously how we found you
0: I was mentored for six years by a woman named Augusta Moore in somatics. She passed away in late 2019. I had a lot of grief from her passing, and I decided, you know, I'm going to post our somatic exercises. And I got on TikTok because I was anonymous, I knew no one on TikTok. Whereas on Instagram, I have like friends from 20 years ago who follow me and I felt self-conscious. So I started posting about trauma releasing exercises, grief processing through somatic exercises on TikTok in 2020. Got a lot more into it during quarantine because I had so much time suddenly. And the response was overwhelming. At at first, I just started posting as a way to keep myself accountable to doing these exercises every day to help me process my grief from her passing. And then the response was like, people were like, oh my god, I need this. I can't believe that this like 10 second TikTok video like helped my lower back pain. And it just started to be really apparent to me like, huh, maybe if I created a course with these exercises, it could be useful to people. Because prior to that, I was just seeing people one on one. And you know, you can't really help people in like a rural place in somatics, like there just aren't somatic practitioners out there. So it's been really exciting, because now I can help so many more people at one time, wherever they live, whether regardless of whether it's close to me or not. And the Mm -hmm. amount of healing that we're able to share with people is just so much bigger. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm so glad you made the TikTok because you make a really interesting point, which is something I feel like Tori and I talk about a lot on here is you mentioned like, oh, a lot of people from 20 years ago follow me on Instagram. And I felt like uncomfortable posting that in front of them. And it's like, dang, think of all the like really cool people out there that have so much to offer this world that like we're nervous to like put ourselves out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, I'm so glad you did, because you mentioned the comments on your videos. And that's the first thing I did was read the comments on your videos. Cause I was like, "Is yeah. this comment full of shit? <laughs> and then every single comment was like, Oh my God, I tried this. And I literally started crying yep. after because I felt this emotional like release and I'm like, Whoa, okay. Follow. And then that's what I like really got into your stuff. So it's cool because you see how many people you are able to affect. And like, I don't know, you mentioned your program. I, tell us more yeah. about that. Yeah. Let's get into that.
0: Yeah, I have several different courses that I've created. The most popular one is called Free Your Hips. And that is the course that guarantees the stored trauma release. It has a lot of um, emotional healing tied into it, just because the way the way that trauma works is that it, it ends up getting stored in your hips. So that's the most popular course. I also have a course called the Full Body Release. And it's a three course bundle and it includes your jaw, neck, shoulders, and hips. And so it'll get your entire back, it gets your entire central nervous system. And it's really good for people who have chronic pain or pain all over their body. That's what I would suggest for folks in that circumstance. I also have a course that's just on the the shoulders and neck, a course that's just on the jaw. Um, And those are for people who have pain in those areas.
2: What has been your most viral video?
0: Ooh, um, I have one video that has 7 million views and it is just me rocking my body um, to this beautiful song by an artist named Iniko. I N I K O. Um, It's called the King's affirmation is the song. Um, and the text on top of the video just talks about um, that you've opened your hips up, you have a huge emotional release, you feel much lighter physically, you're out of emergency mode, and now you're ready for the next phase of abundance. It's like a POV video, Um, and I was very surprised that it got 7 million views because some of my videos are really educational (laughs) and informative.
2: It's always the one you never anticipate, right? Yeah, it's
0: you're
1: like, like I'm just rocking. Yeah, you're just rocking. Yeah, <laughs> no, I
0: I probably like posted it in line somewhere, you know, just yeah. I wasn't even thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I'm really curious about this because you mentioned that trauma is stored in the hips and or much of your trauma is stored in the hips. Like, what's the science and the biology behind that? So
0: Um, your psoas muscle, anytime you experience trauma, your psoas muscle contracts, your psoas muscle is the muscle that connects your upper body to your lower body. And it's one of the largest and deepest muscles of your body. Within somatics, we kind of call it the the muscle of the soul. Anytime you experience emotional trauma, it contracts. But what's interesting about the psoas muscle is it actually stays contracted. So, whereas you can have neck tension one day and then not the next day, the psoas muscle just stays contracted. The muscle starts right behind your shoulders. It runs all the way down your lower back and connects onto the front of your hips. And it it works with the diaphragm, too. Along your diaphragm are the adrenal glands. And so, anytime you experience trauma, the more adrenaline pumps through your body, filters right down into your hips. And so... That's why it all just kind of like gets stuck and lodged there. We talk about the hips being the storehouse for unprocessed emotions within your body.
1: How long can it maybe take of having to start these exercises before people really start to feel a response or a release from doing them?
0: With the courses, you'll feel different already by the third day. Normally, people get to the stored trauma release during the third week of the course, and then I made the course thirty days in case people need a little extra time
1: and How long is it like per day of doing these exercises? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. how easy is it to kind of incorporate into your your routine in life?
0: Yeah the average video length is ten minutes. Ooh. Um, and then you can do the exercises in bed. So I really like that aspect of it because you can just easily incorporate it into your wake up or into your um, evening routine before you go to bed. Need you start doing this.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm so know, excited have, to sign up. I like, love her video so much. <laughs> I know.
2: Um, when So with this program, do you need any tools or anything like any like stretchy ball or anything? Or is it just all your body? Like, is that? you just need like a flat ground or?
0: Yeah, there's no equipment needed at all. Um, You just uh, need a little bit of floor space or on your or to be able to do it on your bed. Um, And I love that. And, uh, you know, some some somatic uh, schools of thought do use equipment. I created the courses to be equipment free because I want people to be able to use the exercises at any point. So whether you're at home visiting family and you get dysregulated and you're like, I'm going to just do this quick trauma releasing exercise, Um, you know, or you're traveling or what have you, anytime you experience pain or you feel like emotionally deregulated, you can do the exercise anywhere without needing any Anything
1: else? That. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially like I travel so much for work. It's yeah. nice to know you can do that anywhere. It's just easy and you're able to, you know, kind of pop it on. Um,
2: I am curious, too, about this in terms of somatics. What are there any like good research or is like there anything kind of coming out from, you know, the medical world about this? Like, is there anything going on that you're seeing that you're loving? <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's a new book that's out by Dr. Gabor Mate. It's called The Myth of Normal, Healing Trauma in a Toxic Culture. Um, I'm paraphrasing that title. It might be that, not be that word for word, but it is called The Myth of Normal. It's just he's a doctor and he he talks about about trauma and how it affects your body. And how he started to get into understanding how trauma affects the body with his patients. Um, and he talks a lot about the medical field and questions about you know why are doctors not doing this mm-hmm. and kind of holding the medical field accountable because there's so much healing and we could prevent so much pain for from pe- you know for people with just considering trauma. Mm-hmm in, in healthcare. So that is a book that I'm really excited about. It's a pretty academic book. And, you know, he's a doctor, and it's about 400 pages. So it's kind of like a dense, heavy book. It's not the easiest read, but he has a bunch of really interesting videos on Instagram, too. Um, He's really informative. And I love to you know, it's it's very taboo for a doctor to come out and talk about this. Like, he talks about that, too, how talking about this will get you ostracized within the medical field.
1: Absolutely. It's hard because there is, I mean, I think to your point, you said it's kind of a heavy read, but it kind of backs up how you said this is not woo-woo, this is science, but it's, and I feel like in our own healthcare community and medical mm-hmm. profession, you do get to camps Mm -hmm. of people and I feel like why are some people so adverse to combining all the modalities Mm -hmm. like acupuncture can be a really good adjunct to like fertility okay we were just talking about this okay I feel like like this is right
2: in line with that so like what I love about what you're doing is it is this element much like acupuncture or these things that actually are starting to come into Western medicine much more. Sam and I both are going through um, a fertility little journey and on both of the recommendations from both of our doctors, acupuncture was at the top of the list of things to start doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is right in line with that, right? It's like, we're going a step deeper that for your body physically, mentally, Um, And there is this element of this is very science based, to be honest, which I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting and it takes time, you know,
0: to discover like, Mm -hmm. like you're saying to integrate all of these different modalities into your own health menu. Oh, I like that your
2: health menu. Mm. Well, it's like for the yeah.
1: history of life, we didn't have medication. It's like okay, they finally created penicillin, and then yeah, you know, it was off to the races from there. But before that, everything was about natural healing remedies and all of that. And then it's like we swayed so far into only. Yeah. Medical intervention, medication, medication etc. Diagnostic. Like... Diagnosis. Yeah. 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 Like, let's right. work together. We're all on the same team here. Mm-hmm. A thousand
0: percent. It should just be about the person, what the per- what the person is experiencing and what will help them mm-hmm. the most.
2: Has there been a story or like a client patient um, that really resonated with you? Like, has there been something that like that comes to top of mind of like your best success story
0: i worked with a woman um in my one-on-one well actually let me talk about the courses the so there was a woman that had 30 years of back pain reached out to me via email and was like hey i have 30 years of back pain do you recommend the lower back course or the hips course um and i was like because if she's had 30 years of pain, I'm like, oh, this is definitely emotional. So I was like, let's do the hips course. She did the hips course emailed me back and was like, I have no more lower back pain anymore. And I can't believe it because she had tried everything. And it her lower back pain was like debilitating to the point where she felt like she couldn't go to work anymore. She had tried everything, nothing worked. And finally, like this person that she met on TikTok with a hips course for the back, she was like, this is just so unexpected. And I was like, I'm so happy for you. And then she emailed me three weeks later, saying, Hey, Liz, I just wanted to update you. I ha I feel so happy that I'm not in pain anymore, that I have just been living my life differently. And I decided to apply to my dream job. And I got it. And now she's making like twice as much money as she was before, which I was just like, I'm so happy for away. you! Like, pain. You know, I mean. So I don't guarantee doubling your income with the course.
2: No, out. I got to go. But, just... but okay. But to your point and to your case, right? Yeah. It's it is amazing how much you can free your life by being able to move past these things that are so built up in your body like I can't wait to do your course and I am signing up for it right away because (laughs) this is very timely for both of our lives to be honest but I it's interesting because that's a really great point of you know we do hold so much in our bodies I would argue specifically you know for women and I know a lot of your courses are really really focused on women because we do internally hold all these things we hold on to you know trauma and pressure and stress and anxiety and keep it all together and this perfect image that we've all created and imagine how good you can feel if you can release that It's amazing
0: so liberating to release that and pain takes up so much time and energy And all of a sudden, when you don't have pain, especially when you've been living in pain for years or decades, like you're just like, Oh, my gosh, what do I even do now? Now that this part time job of managing pain is gone, like, you know, and to your point, too, it's like, there's so much shaming of women. We're shamed for being emotional. We're shamed for our bodies looking like this or like that. We're shamed, you know, you're shamed for um, not bouncing back from pregnancy. Like there's just so much kind of like obsessive shaming of everything that women do. And, And that's why I'm really dedicated to helping women release all of this stuff that we're holding on to in our body I mean I
1: almost recommend it to someone if like this doesn't even stick out to you of like I for sure have lower back pain but like I feel like sometimes we get so good at living in discomfort or just living not feeling our best that you don't it's kind of like if you sit in shit long enough it doesn't stink anymore it's like the same thing like you're living in it but you don't even realize until you're removed from it how much better you feel So it's like, that's why I kind of recommend even watching your videos and giving the exercises a try, because it's like, you don't even know how bad you feel, because you're so used to feeling that way. Mm
0: -hmm. A thousand percent, it becomes normal, which
1: is so sad. But I feel like so many of us just wake up Groundhog's Day, live in this fog of just accepting that this is how we feel, especially if we've been dismissed by, you know, like you've mentioned people, you've had clients that have gone and had The MRI or had this, and everyone's just like, I don't know what to tell. This is always actually the answer: try losing weight. (laughs) How many women who go to the doctor and it's like you get completely ignored? Oh well, you should lose weight, and it's like, "Mm, thanks for. Or hey, try this antidepressant. Or hey, try this. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's why your videos I thought were so cool because it's like you don't, and it's so easy to try. Like lay, you said lay in your bed, but you don't know what better like. You know, light is waiting for you on the other side because we're so used to just this it's is simple,
2: normal. but intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so the thing, too. Mm-hmm. It's right. Like being very intentional about these moments. And I, I'm really excited to try them out because I think a big piece of what we've talked about with a lot of our guests is, you know, intention. And, you know, what I think for us to be intentional about being you know, getting into our wellness and our Mm -hmm. mental health and sitting with things and mindfulness, um, I feel like this is something that you can go into and be like, I am ready to heal my body and I am ready to get rid of this crap that I've been dealing with. And I think that's, I'm just really, I'm really excited to try these. I'm so pumped.
0: I'm so pumped for you. You have to share with me if it helps with fertility stuff. Yeah, we're both.
1: Well, yeah, we'll, we'll check back in with you. It's yeah. going to be, we're going to. Yeah, incorporate I that. report
0: back. I've heard from people that it has helped them, but I'm, you know, just gathering and piggybacking on what you were saying earlier that actually women are four times more likely to be invalidated by mm-hmm. a doctor in a doctor's appointment for their pain to be invalidated. So medical gaslighting is four times more likely to happen to women than to men, which is just a really concerning statistic but the best thing to do in that circumstance if a doctor is invalidating your pain or your experience is to ask um, them to note dismissal of patient concern Mm. on your chart I
1: love that
0: normally you just say that like hey thank you for your opinion doctor can you please note dismissal of patient concern on my chart they'll actually have a pause moment And be like, oh, shoot, this person knows Mm. the medical system. I've never Um, even heard
1: anyone recommend that or have thought of that myself. But that's pretty amazing. Especially now you can actually verify if they did it because we now all have access to reading our medical charts, which before it was like you'd have to request them and wait for God knows how long. It's Mm -hmm. like now you can usually hop on your portal and read your summary notes. Mm -hmm. So I freaking love Mm. that Mm -hmm. tip. Mm -hmm wonderful
0: yeah it's it's one of my one of my favorite um tips for women at the doctor because if if a doctor is just telling you to lose weight or like take x like you know you can ask them that as well the dismissal of your concern and then you can always feel free. I think this is something for me that I I didn't feel like I could do when I was going to the doctor all the time for pain, but like to just leave the doctor's office, like you are not my daughter, Mm -hmm. you are not the person for me. Um, So you know, if they if you ask for a dismissal uh, to be noted, um, and they start acting weird, just just walk out of the office and find a different doctor.
2: What is a word or phrase that you're trying to embody right now?
1: Peace. I need more of that. That's what yeah, we all in need my more life. of that. In 2023, I just want peace.
2: Yeah. We all need a little bit more of that. Yeah.
1: What's the best piece of advice you've ever received from anyone?
0: Mm, don't let other people take your power. Ooh, I love that.
1: Yes.
2: I think that's so easy as women, you know, to allow that to happen. Even yourself, right? Like we are guilty of doing that to ourselves.
1: Yeah. By anyone. Yeah. Also yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. We like internalize it and and we're raised to be so um, altruistic and so giving, you know, and it can, it can be problematic.
2: What is um, two pieces of advice? Let's do two pieces of advice that you can leave for the selfie audience. Um. Some good pearls of wisdom or how you live your life, life model.
0: First thing is trust your gut, trust your intuition. You know your body best because you're the one who's living in it. What other people are telling you about your body, you can take with a grain of salt. Um, you know what your experience is. And so just trust your intuition. Women's intuition is so strong. Second piece of advice. You deserve healing and you the the fact that you're in pain or the fact that you're holding on to this trauma is absolutely not your fault. And you deserve to live a life that isn't holding
1: on to that anymore. Where where can everyone find your TikTok, Instagram, all your awesome courses? If you are interested in TikTok, it's at the workout,
0: which I post the most over there. Instagram is at the workout with an underscore and then my website where you can get the courses read more information about the courses read a bunch of testimonials read scientific academic background um, academic research is the it's
2: phenomenal Liz you are a gem we are so thankful to have found you I'm, I'm so thankful you found her and uh your time today I know this is going to be something that the selfie listeners are going to absolutely love and can't wait to check out I'm so glad for this resource
0: thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it
1: thank Thank you Liz okay before her TikTok I had no idea that I didn't know there was such a thing as somatic yeah like therapy or did I like at all here we are we're learning very I, self-approved I also did not know your physical body could store trauma either also so. like how simple this is uh, I know that's I why I'm it. obsessed I love her everyone
2: can do this it's very easy it's affordable um we're excited and hopefully yeah. you guys head over to check her out send her a message let you let her know what you thought about this particular episode because I feel like this is an episode that could be used for so many people if there's someone in your life that you feel like yeah could benefit this from this yeah for sure hopeful we all we all got trauma, you know, all that beautiful love. For the last trauma. two years,
1: if you don't got trauma, where have you been? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and make sure
1: you guys are following us on our
2: Insta. That's at C E L L F I E underscore podcast. You can find all the goodies there linked in our bio, including all the savings through the holidays, might I add, for uh with all of our partners and for you guys. That's for the selfie listeners.
1: Yes. All of our codes honestly like A lot of people, more than just Black Friday and Cyber Money, are running like specials throughout, like even the whole month. So, check those out. And if you want some free stuff, leave us a review on Instagram. Put your IG handle in the Apple Podcast Review. We will reach out to you to get your address and send you off some free stickers, a little pin, a little like badge pin charm. charm. It's so cute, it's adorable. And our new stickers are. Obsessed!
2: I love them. They're so fun. And make sure you guys are following us on our Insta.
1: That's at Nerd Story and at Hey Samantha with two A's. And stay tuned. We're like so fun. Really? So fun! Oh my god! Okay. Can't wait to see you. Bye. Bye.